Welcome to the Energy Fellows podcast, where each episode is designed to share expertise and experiences from U.S. and global energy fellows. They provide direction and possible solutions for ultimate journey results. Here's your host, Mark Stansberry. Welcome to another episode of the Energy Fellows podcast. I'm Mark Stansberry, and we're excited to have with us Ashley Nichols, of Align Energy Solutions. And before I introduce her further, I'd like to mention that if you go to the show notes, uh, you'll definitely have some opportunities to assist us in uh, rating and reviews, which would be very helpful to us. We also have uh, not only the ratings and review section, but also a survey. And it takes about 10 seconds to fill out the survey, answer a question, and uh, you can get uh, stickers for your, as far as the hard hats, the, or for your laptop, whatever, for uh, whatever you want to use those for, and uh, please fill out the survey. It'd be very helpful. We'd love to hear from you in any way that we can help uh, improve the program and any suggestions you have on upcoming uh, speakers or uh, suggest uh, topics. That would be great as well. So, again, uh, we thank you for that. I want to update you very quickly. Uh, of course, we have the, I have the oil column, oil, oil man column, oil man magazine column that's uh, in every publication. So be looking for that, based out of Houston. And then uh, also uh, have uh, not only that, uh, uh, this podcast, Energy Fellows. I hope you go to theenergyfellows.com to look up past uh, podcast episodes, that is. And so please look for that as well. Uh, wanted to update you on our film, uh, Sherwood Forest Top Secret. It has been uh, nominated for a Heartland Emmy. We're very excited about that. It's uh, distributed uh, nationwide now and in different outlets uh, through pbs.org and some other outlets as well. So be looking for the film if you haven't seen it already or if you want to see it again, Sherwood Forest, Top Secret. The narrator of that is a, a wonderful person as well as an unbelievable actor, Barry Corbin, who did a fantastic job. And uh, we're really excited that uh, Gray Fredrickson, uh, who passed away last year, uh, is Part of the nomination as well. So uh, again, Sherwood Forest, top secret. Ashley, uh, you, you're not a uh, newcomer to this show, but I'd love for you to tell us about yourself again, because I, I know there's those that have, have heard you, but there's a, maybe some that haven't. And I would like to, again, reemphasize, uh, renew uh, your friendship with all these folks uh, that are listening. So Ashley, welcome. Thank you so much, Mark. It's good to be on with you again. Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for the opportunity of giving a brief introduction. Um, I'm so excited to be here and talk with you about Align and the work that we're doing in the energy industry and in um, uh, you know other relative industries that connect with energy. And my background is did not start in energy at all. Um, I have more of a background in the creative space and then in corporate strategy. Um, but out of, out of my time spent in both of those spheres, I was able to see uh, where disjointed uh, solutions were, were being put forth to try to solve hol holistic and integrated issues. And so that was part of what birthed Align um, with my business partner, Phil Rice. And we have found that the energy industry is ripe for that. And um, so that's part of what has brought me here today. 
Does that? I hope. I hope that's a good intro. How did that? It's a great intro. <laughs> it's a wonderful yeah, intro. Good. And uh, we'd like to uh, expand your knowledge of of your uh, of your leadership and leadership experiences as well as corporate experiences with uh, some of the questions I'll be asking and we'll go over today because there are those that are really searching in the corporate world from uh, from the I call it from the board you know from the uh, whiteboard to the boardroom, uh, looking for really good talent. But not only good talent, but talent that they can, uh, as far as retention, they can maintain for many years to, to come. And so I know that that's an effort these days because uh, there's many challenges that way. And uh, so if you can kind of take us through the steps necessary, uh, what you provide when it comes to the talent side, uh, what line can do for, uh, for mm-hmm. those that are searching. Sure. Yeah. Happy to do that. Um, well, and as you mentioned talent, that is one of the places that, you know, if you're that anyone could identify as um, a gap right now in, in energy and, you know, a couple others could be, you know, environmental concerns, maybe a background and a history of bad press um, and, and a lack of cultural resonance. And so with, as a line, we look at all of those pieces. And, and at the same time, we try to say, what is the most glaring? What is, particularly for a, a certain organization or a company um, or even a team, what is the thing that's needed now? And talent, the talent gap is one of those. Um, and so we, in a nutshell, we address that both from within and without an organization. We look at how uh, for instance, new candidates are onboarded, and if there's if we, if we find that there is maybe um, room for improvement there, we can we come in and partner with you to create an onboarding process that is truly ongoing to allow employees to retain what they're learning and want to stay because they have been um, integrated in so quickly from the beginning and given uh, guardrails of how to succeed. We found that to be huge. Um, and so that's an example of how we work from within. And then externally, um, we, we work with recruiters outside of the organization, but also within the organization to say, what about this company of how they're presenting themselves from the job ads to their website, to people they have speaking at conferences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, even down to, you know, PR and, and their marketing and advertising agencies that are just going to the general public how is that presenting the company? And if I am a, a new candidate entering the workforce, why would I want to work for you or why wouldn't I? So those are questions we ask and we address everything from A to Z along that line. Ashley, do you go in-house then? I mean, you mentioned internally as externally as well, but yes, how, do, yes. how, do, you, how do you go we about do partner the process? In-house. Because it's, so can you elaborate more on how that process works? So do you, is it, are sure. you going to the CEO, president? Are you going to the board or are you actually going to uh, managers, maybe all of those individuals uh, to get to the point of internal and external? That's a great question. Yes. Um, so as far as our process, I'll come back to the point of contact in a moment. Our, we have a discovery process and we come in, we partner with you. There's a lot of um, us do, you know, learning about the company, what is working, what isn't working, where they're seeing issues. And um, from there, we build a plan and and a specific plan when it comes to the talent gap of uh, how we can help close that gap. 
As far as points of contact, we have found um, that yes, human resources managers are a great place to start, but a lot of times it does start at the board or CEO level um, be, because they have that broader view in the big picture of what's happening. There's so much uh, as far as issues before us today, and I think of whether it's uh, social or governance or environmental or whatever it might be, adds to the uh, the puzzle, I guess you'd say, of how to properly address not only the talent, but also certain issues. I know certain talent that comes today from, uh, let's say, especially the younger generation, are really looking at, from a standpoint, how can they make a difference in the world? And mm-hmm. uh, they're not looking necessarily at a job that will be 30 years down the road. But at the same time, from a employer standpoint, they have to look at it from a standpoint that it is going to be longer term than, than uh, you know, a couple of years. So how do you find that balance in, in aligning? And who are you looking for? What are the, who are the candidates out there? And uh, uh, I know that I'll give you an example, Ashley, uh, for, for the audience as well. I'd mentioned this on one of the programs not too long ago that uh, a gentleman had uh, looked at you know cybersecurity and that's really what he wanted to go into, but he didn't know what to do because where he was attending uh, did not have any classes on that. But he would he was wanting to get his masters and some other things down the road as far as experiences, and so it wound up that he went into liberal arts, and it winds up yeah. that liberal arts was something that the the C suite being the CEO was looking for. He wanted somebody that he could. Uh, they could adapt and, uh, and, and that kind of thing as well. So, if, again, if you could tell us about that discovery and what you're finding. Absolutely. I love that you named that, Mark, and that's a great story because more and more we're finding as energy is evolving and as it's in transition, um, these interdisciplinary studies are so important and so key. And so to your point, uh, as far as a candidate's, um, you know, qualifications and ability, and I think there's a very broad range there. Obviously, there are the, you know, traditional energy graduates, engineers, things like that. Um, But I do think as a whole, we need to broaden our perspective of understanding of who will be an asset in this day and time. And most people today, I, I will also say, are I think more well-rounded. Our vocation can often be the same as our interests, but it can also be different. And I, I find so much value in building a team around a table that is more interdisciplinary and able to approach, um, you know, projects and issues and and solving for things from a lot of different angles. And I think especially the rising generation, they want to come to work as a whole person. They don't want to be pigeonholed into just being a, you know, I'm just an oil man or I'm just an engineer. They want to be able to say, you know, I can be an accountant, but I do have a liberal arts degree. Let me, how, how are these problem solving skills going to come into play here? Um, And we're finding that that actually brings a sense of work-life balance, which we know research shows is, massive for the rising generation. It brings a sense of inclusion and allows people to fully be engaged in their jobs, uh, which is really needed right now across the board, but particularly in, in energy. As far as embracing other disciplines, uh, you, you talked about that already to a certain degree, but how are you different from any other, um, other firm 
in in uh, in the different cities that we were talking about. And of course, this could go nationally or internationally. I know we've that you have some representation in several cities here in the United States. But how how do you actually uh, tie into uh, being the best in your field? Mm-hmm. Great question. So we our team is, as you said, scattered across the country, but we have, for instance, um, environmental experts out of the city of Seattle that can come in and do um, an environmental discovery with an organization, for example, whether that's, you know, locally or, you know, domestic or internationally to say, how could we grade you on an environmental scale from where your recycle bins are going from in your home office to um, you know, what, what rigs are doing out in the ocean. And that's just one example of how we are interdisciplinary as a team. Um, we also have, um, you know, as far as ethics and inclusion are concerned, we have uh, a diversity and inclusion expert who can come in and see, you know, how, how are you doing in this area and can also provide teachings and trainings either one time or ongoing uh, that can help the company really integrate this into their values and not just be a check mark that they do as part of compliance. As far as a website, uh, where do those that want to know more about Align and more about Ashley and Phil and the team, where do they go? Yeah, you can find us at alignenergysolutions.com. All one word. One more time, please, for the listeners. Alignenergysolutions.com. And I will put that in the show notes as well. So we'll ha- so you'll have that to look at and uh, to explore and to discover a line, <laughs> to know more about what a line can do for you in the, in the workplace. Where there's this, uh, and I've mentioned this quite a bit, there's a, sometimes a detachment um, between, uh, say, employees and employers. And, and that's one thing that you can do is go in and, and uh, discover, analyze, bring back to the board and to the employees a better plan. And uh, with that plan, uh, then the board can make good decisions and allocate funding and so forth. I have found, uh, having served on many boards um, in the past, I find sometimes that the boards uh, have the plans, but they don't necessarily execute the plan uh, or even look at it past a, a meeting of a retreat or whatever it might be. How do you keep uh, the plan alive and keep it moving forward. And a plan usually means it's going to continue to evolve to be a better plan each time they meet uh, as a board. How do you how do you uh, go about incorporating the best way to be successful? That's a great question because we all know we have either been a part of a team uh, where you know a consulting group has come in and done the thing, giving us the book, giving us the training, and it may catch on for a month or three months and maybe a year if we're lucky, but eventually it, you know, kind of, you know, starts to to go out the window and we forget about it. Um, and so that is part of why the discovery process is so important, because if we can get clarity and understanding, real understanding at that point, that includes all stakeholders to from that point bring communication and cooperation uh, throughout the organization, internally, externally, um, that's so key. But then also it's imperative that there is leadership that is supporting the the cooperative work within the organization or the company. That will bring about the lasting solutions that lead us into our preferred future. That's a wonderful answer. And uh, and, uh, so definitely 
those that are listening, uh, Align Energy Solutions is a is a way to uh, to achieve uh, outstanding results. And I know that that's what we're all wanting in our workplace today. With that said, uh, there's so many other sectors that uh, that include or work together with energy. Uh, we, we think of uh, oil and gas, wind, solar, and uh, other areas of energy. Uh, higher education is something that's uh, definitely at the forefront, has been for me for a long time. I've been involved as a regent trustee of several universities. And I know that how important that, of course, a lot of the workforce is going to come from uh, the higher education side, but also the, the vocational side. I've served on some uh, boards there as well and committees and so forth. So how do you uh, look at this? Because uh, I know most organizations don't really look at it that way. They look at it, well, it's just we're going to recruit and find us uh, you know, an agency that will find the, the right person. It's uh, tougher to do the, the, I would say, the old-fashioned way. It takes something like a line. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you naming that, Mark. Um, higher ed, as an example, is a perfect space to begin thinking through how to allow for energy to transition into the, into the preferred future that is available. Um, you know, often we can think as of STEM as the place where we would find interdisciplinary uh, individuals, for instance, for energy which is true. However, there's also a place, uh, you know, even in recent conversations that, that we've been having, for example, the sociologists and looking at broader interactions of human behavior um, around energy to say, how can we serve people better? And that's a question that we should always be asking in energy is how do we serve people better, both domestically, internationally, um, from turning on a light bulb in their home all the way to, you know, large, large scale environmental concerns, not just in the present, but for one, two and three, seven generations down the road. Um, And that's an example of we need someone who's not just in the numbers, who's not just working on the technology, which, of course, is imperative to be pioneering those things, no doubt. But alongside, if those two pieces are working together hand in hand, then you have lasting integration and holistic solutions. And by doing that, you're actually preempting future issues. And so you're saving your company time, money, manpower, um, and so many, so much headache down the road if you start looking at things more holistically from the front end. You've just provided a pathway, a roadmap to begin, at least a roadmap, to success. And I'm also glad you mentioned all that because uh, one of the books that I uh, wrote several years ago, 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, America Needs America's Energy, Creating Together the People's Energy Plan. And part of that was to look at striving for energy efficiency and environmental preservation. It's where we are today. And then uh, this monograph that uh, was published just this past fall that I I was part of as well, the monograph, America Needs America's Energy and Its Natural Resources. It's uh, looking at energy from uh, a very broad way far as uh, not just in the oil and gas industry itself. I know many oil and gas executives are looking at, now how can we go into and, or in, embrace other industries within our, our own sector of the energy industry? In other words, uh, looking at wind or solar or hydrogen, hydrogen especially because of natural gas. 
And so there's this all the debate and, and looking at the, the future of the dialogue. And that's what we, I, I like having you, Ashley, on this show as well as Phil and others because you're providing a, a, a roadmap, not just a pathway, but a roadmap for success. And uh, it's easy to, to talk. It's easy to do a retreat. It's easy to put a plan together. But execution is very, very vital. I find, and I've mentioned this before, I find there are many, uh, you know, that uh, are not necessarily also embracing, and I just mentioned it somewhat today, is about employees, uh, bringing them to the, for the board, to the board, for the boardroom and to the C-suite more often. I find that uh, more that you communicate, collaborate, um, is, is much better, and even uh, with other companies. Uh, a lot of companies we consider, uh, I know in the past, uh, their competition. Well, we can call it competition or we can collaborate and make it even a stronger industry. So can you talk okay. about how Align can help that way as well? Because it's, it's a new approach. It's not like we're out to, to uh, struggle against each other. It's how can we, you know, take our expertise and, and, and bring, you know, wind and oil and gas together or, or solar or whatever it might be and make sure there's plenty of energy for the future. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that, I, that whole idea of cooperation versus competition, even that idea, we have to come from a place of cooperation. That is the future, period. Talking energy, not talking energy, that is, one, the way the world works anyway, but it's also how the rising generation operates, is in community, is in connection, um, you know, across the board. And so that is the way of the future. And it's the only way that true growth and, and evolution, lasting evolution happens. And so from an energy standpoint, that's a, that's a, it, it's a, it's a deal breaker. Otherwise it will, you will be on a revolving cycle of, you know, having, you know, long-term issues, fixing those issues, having long-term issues, fixing those issues. If you're not working in collaboration, um, with other people in your industry and all and obviously outside of your energy yeah so there's um you know and even when you talk about bringing you know uh just different employees into the c-suite we do know that in the rising workforce that upwards of 30 percent of employees experience a lack of communication and empathy from their their direct management and that doesn't have to be the case. I think a lot of that is probably, you know, a lack by omission, meaning it's probably unintentional, but because there's not the intentionality of bringing others into the conversation, they often feel their voice is not heard, they feel overlooked, and they feel like a cog in the wheel versus being part of a solution to something. It's interesting you say that because communication is so important. Like you say, it's in sound bites, I guess you say now more than ever. Uh, you look at 15 seconds and, and then there's another issue <laughs> looking at another issue of 15 seconds later and so forth. I talked to Boone Pickens years ago about how he, he definitely followed social media and not only followed, he was part of it in a big way. And I said, has that been something that, because I've been in different meetings, uh, boards, C-suites, so forth. And don't go on social media. Don't be shown. It's better to let others do that. It's better to just, put a website together, just very brief, no details, just uh, very brief and to the point. And I found that it's that really what's needed is more, I think social media is very important. 
if handled right. And I think having a great website is very important as well. Um, do you find that when you do this discovery that there are those that are just not willing to go further than just, I would say, the uh, the way of the past versus the way of the future? I mean, we're now looking at a lot of issues before us, as you know, from uh, AI to robotics on and on. But before you get to even those issues, it's just do we embrace or not embrace those things uh, when it comes to the website, social media? And I say website, does the website really reflect who the board is or the C-suite is or the employees? Because if you have a great message, you're going to have, in my opinion, talent that wants to stay with you, talent that wants to be with you. And so if it's handled right, and I use the word authentically, then it's, then it's very achievable. Your views. Mm-hmm. Very much so. That's a, that's a great question. You know, as you were talking about even engaging social media or not, um, social media is the town square of today. You know, back in back in the olden days when there was no technology, you know, medieval Renaissance times, all of that, the town square was where uh, everything happened. It's where business happened, you know, commerce, conversation, celebration, community gathering, everything was there. Um, and that is social media today. So a website, as you mentioned, is needed, and yet it's not the place for back and forth communication. Sure, I could go on your website and fill out a contact form, but I'm, we're not going to get to interact or engage there. And so when people, I think, are resistant to a platform like social media, I think they're not understanding the value of how it is um, an interactive resource. And, and you know, just like with any platform, there are certain things you do with it and certain things you don't. And so a lot of people, I think even if they do have social media, maybe they're treating it like a website or they're not understanding how to utilize that in an effective way for their goals, either to effectively represent them as a company or to engage potential recruits, whatever it may be. Um, But, you know, I think there's a balance and I think the, the generation that is moving into management and leadership now has a better grasp of the value of social media and also what does it look like to be a voice on a platform that could be so noisy and potentially oversaturated. And there are really excellent ways of doing that that are, you know, as you mentioned, authentic and congruent with who a company is without having to just create a piece of content because it's what you do now. You know, I think there are ways to make it really beneficial not just for people on the outside looking in, but also for your company. If I'm working for a company, I want to be able to show my family, my friends, potential, you know, people that I think should work for me, a social media account to say, hey, this is, oh, we just posted this thing about work we're doing, you know, offshore. We just posted this thing about this great new incentive um, if you're with the company for five years. Or we just, you know, our our CEO just wrote this article and it's out and I love this line on LinkedIn, you know. And so I think there's so much opportunity there. And again, in answer to your question, I think we are seeing a leaning toward the understanding of what does it look like to engage in the digital space, but it's asking that question of where are conversations happening? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. A website's important. We have to have that, no doubt. And look at where the conversations are happening and social media is hands down a place where they are, they're taking place. No question. No question. I feel the future is is uh, definitely heading more and more that way. And if we're not part of that and prepared, I have a talk that I've given in the past called the Digital Transformation 
uh, from the whiteboard to the boardroom. And that's really part of that. It's, uh, it's making sure we have all the tools used properly and uh, to be efficient. And Align can help in that regard. So those that are listening, uh, please tune in to uh, Align's website and uh, follow their social uh, pages as well. And uh, to become more familiar with what Align can provide, especially with Ashley and Phil and the team, because they have so much. Do you have any final words to pass along to the audience? Well, first of all, Mark, I just appreciate you taking time to chat with me today. And it's always a pleasure to be here with you. Um, thank you for, you know, giving them a place of where they can engage with us, which is our website. Um, and we have social and things as well. But, um, you know, I think the only other thing that I'll, I'll speak to is today, you know, we talked a lot about the talent gap and the, the workforce, but there is so much room for alignment across, uh, you know, finance, for example, government contracting, healthcare, technology, medical tech, um, in practice, you know, in, in these interdisciplinary industries. And we are so excited to engage in these different areas. And so please feel free to reach out to us. We look forward to just getting to know you and your company and, and answering questions you may have and being a resource for you. You know, if you're listening and, and you're hearing this and you're going, man, that's, I'm, I'm curious this is something I've been thinking about. We need this. Please reach out. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Or you may be listening going, hmm, I've never thought about it that way. I think mm -hmm. I need a little bit more information to really understand why this is valuable and why it applies to me and my organization. We'd love to talk to you as well. So we, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Well, thank you, Ashley. It's been a wonderful conversation. I'm enthused. I, I really feel like uh, a great future is ahead for, for all of those that want to uh, become aligned in the right way uh, through Align Energy Solutions and what you have to offer. Again, go to the Align Energy Solutions website you'll find in the show notes. I want to thank OGGN and uh, our sponsors, and I want to thank each of you for listening today. The future of energy depends on us, depends on all of us. Tune in for future episodes of the Energy Fellows podcast. Join us again next week on the Energy Fellows podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.